Hello, 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 hello. Another edition of the Urban Show with Leslie Charles, the mega producer Kennedy. What's happening? Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. We're getting feedback from somewhere. Where is that coming from? Let's I'm do a mic test. Wait, Charles, talk to me. Well, it's Friday once again, really fast. <laughs> yes, for sure. Good, good, good. Let me see if it's me testing one, two. All right, think we're good. So, Kennedy, I was looking at the show notes. You got us another wonderful show for today. Uh, I'm going to let you kick it off. Well, first, I wanted to start off by... It's you, Kennedy. That's where the feedback is coming yeah. from. Yeah. Me. Do you have two things open? No, sir. Um, are you are you using your um, your new webcam? Or are you using the old? I'm still using my old one. Let me try this though. Hold on. Do you still hear feedback now? That did no feedback. All right, all right. But um, well, first I want to give a congratulation out to our girls basketball team. They are now SWAC champions. That is amazing. Once again, this is a three-peat. I don't think people realize that. Yeah, I know. It kind of went under the radar. But uh, it is definitely a third time winning the regular season championship in a row. Yes. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, how long has Coach Reed been here? I, she, I think she was here before. Four years, I, I believe. Four. Four years. Wow, yep. So, went one year without getting the championship. That's crazy to me. Well, took her took her about a year to get everything in place, and now she's rolling. Um, yes, and they are extremely talented. I see where Rogan made the thousand point club, so she is uh, immortal in Jackson State women's basketball history. <laughs> uh, and Coach Reed is the only. Only coach in NCAA women's play that's undefeated in regular season. Wow. Yeah. I don't think that's going to work, Leslie, because you got these yeah, boxes. I, 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 I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So, beautiful picture, smiling faces. Coach Reed is right there in the middle. Right, third time's a charm. I think that's so crazy, and they definitely fall back. Um, I saw the score at halftime. I wasn't in attendance, though, because I had to finish a lot of work. But they fought back against UAPB last night as well and ended up with a W as well. So shout-out to them. That was a great way to end your Thursday night. They're on a high, and they're actually playing on Mississippi Valley today. Well, this um, tomorrow, really, at Valley. So we're going to get another dub. Also, um, I did want to mention that Kentaji, I don't want to say, but Miss Jackson, she's now officially has been nominated by President Biden into the Supreme Court. That's another big Katanji. Say it one more time. Katanji. Katanji. Okay, okay, okay. 
Thank you. But yeah, she has officially been nominated to the Supreme Court. I think that's a huge historic win for us. Obviously, there's always going to be pushback from press and other um, political parties, but it definitely is a win in our book. I feel like, what do you guys feel like? Well, I think um, it's smart. Um, she clerked for the outgoing Justice Stephen Breyer. Um, she's very, very, very smart, very composed, very organized. And she's known to be a consensus builder, much in the mold of Justice Breyer. And um, I think she already has Justice Breyer's seal of approval because I heard him talking to President Biden after the State of the Union speech, and he said it was a fabulous pick. Uh, I don't think I don't think he really wanted anybody to hear that because he's supposed to be impartial, but considering. Uh, it's, it's an interesting dynamic. I don't know if you know, but uh, individuals who are chosen to clerk for Supreme Court justices are part of a small, small family. And so across generations, across uh, different time spans, they all know each other. They all communicate uh, and they identify themselves usually with their justice. So she's been widely uh, hailed by fellow law clerks who were with her during that time. Uh, she's been, um, even the Chamber of Commerce uh, gave her a seal of approval. Um, so she's, she's very much up to the task. And it's strategic because she's already been uh, confirmed by Congress before. So this is not a unknown commodity. I think she's been confirmed twice at this point. So this will be the third time. And uh, I look for her to get maybe 53, 54 votes. She only needs 50. Um, And in today's time, um, that's a lot. Now, in the past, it used to be uh, 70, 80, 90 votes for approval. Um, But we live in a different day and time. So, (laughs) you know. But I, I think it's I think it's positive. Well, you know, also keep in mind, I don't know if you guys got to tune in last week as I was holding it down while you guys were out, but I, I kind of went through her background a little bit. And so what, what some people forget is not only did she graduate from the prestigious Miami Pal- Palmetto High School, which is known for his, his scholarship and legal scholars, and particularly his debate club, and then she went on to undergrad at Harvard and then Harvard Law. So she's also worked across the house. She's worked in both for Republicans and Democrats and been endorsed by both sides. So definitely, definitely rare breed. Um, uh, she is, she, she, I mean, it's hard not to root for her. She is the product of uh, public educators. And then her dad ended up going to law school as a second career later in life, uh, uncles that was the police chief. And then she said, I know there's going to be a lot of talk about when people dig up stuff about that I have a, a uncle that got into the drug game. And obviously it's wow. but she said, I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> so I think um, just really, really proud of her and her accomplishments. And I think to me, I know I didn't know, I had to go do my research. I didn't know um, much about her. 
that's shame on me. I should have. Well, not really. And here's why. There are so many people that are supremely qualified that you just don't know about. <clears throat> and that's that's more a fault of our society. I mean, because some of the things that were being said about her were unfair. Uh, but she brings not only diversity as the first black female that will sit on the court, but she'll be the first public defender to sit on the court. And so, I mean, she's bringing diversity of thought, diversity of uh, lived experiences, uh, diversity of public school versus private school. She's, she's seen a little bit of everything. And I think the court needs an injection of good old fashioned common sense. <laughs> True, um, and so I think she'll bring she'll bring plenty of that. Not to say that uh, there are there are talented talented justices that are extremely smart that are on the court right now. Um, there are some that we may disagree with, but um, I believe she brings a whole lot of value to the court. I can definitely second that. It's definitely going to be some. On to newer heights, I feel like, in a, a good breath of fresh air, honestly, to the court and a different perspective as well on both sides. Because, like you both stated, she did work on the side for Republicans and Democrats. So, hopefully, she's not going to be as biased, but I do definitely agree she is a good, well, addition to the um, Supreme Court. So, one of the bills that have been going around is the Mississippi House passes the anti critical race bill theory and now is headed on the governor's desk. This has gotten to a point where, I don't know, I never thought this, this day would come. Maybe I'm just in shock still that this type of bill would be passed, but or was about to be passed, but it's just shocking. I don't... Why? I don't, Why are you shocked? You sat through my classes, correct? <laughs> yes, sir. So you know that majority... Uh, rules and right now there is a uh, momentum swing with the courts uh, I mean not the courts but the Congress, state houses and on Capitol Hill in Washington towards these conservative ideas and what do I always tell you about um, election time so they come up with these arguments that work well critical race theory sounds good for politics <laughs> i mean as you pointed out in your notes uh what is critical race theory and it's not even defined in this bill for mississippi so that tells you everything that you need to know it's it's a it's a shell game and it's called anti-critical race theory so you just basically don't want uh anything that's negative towards uh, race talk. Right, exactly. And I do feel like there's still, it's crazy how they're making so many efforts to sanitize history, but when it's a lot of other issues within the state that I feel like does need to be resolved when it comes to health, safety, oh, in this state environment. Like serious, yeah, serious yeah. issues. Oh, yeah, like clean water, basic stuff, you know, like basic stuff. And it seems like because I have been keeping track of both, and if I'm not mistaken, this bill has uh surpassed the um well, it wasn't really a bill, but they were forced to grant a plan to the USDA for the uh, water infrastructure here in Mississippi, and it's just like man, 
<laughs> yeah, you want them to focus on serious things that affect people in a serious manner. And I'm not making light of history because I think it has a place to be taught. But essentially what they're saying is the misdeeds of white people should not be taught because of how they affected black people. And that doesn't even sound right. It doesn't. I mean, because history is what history is. Whatever happened, let us teach it and grow from it. You can't pick and choose history. And this debate led on in the Mississippi House for at least six hours, going on and on. Different representatives, one representative that I recently interviewed with this past summer, um, Dekeitha Stamps, was also speaking at, about this bill. It was just in all because it was just like, why are we spending so much time on something that should be common sense, like you said, but yeah, common sense ain't always common. No, especially not in politics. Especially not in politics. And so here's here's a teachable moment for you. Critical race theory started picking up steam right around the same time as defund the police. Um, hmm. And same time as George Floyd in Minneapolis. Hmm. Uh, so it's uh, it's a momentum play. It's not just Mississippi. It's conservative states all over the South. It's tied into the banning of books, uh, tied into parents being able to uh, change curriculums if they don't want the child to read a particular book, that type of thing. So it's, it's a momentum play preparing for the midterm elections. And it is right here. This is, I want the audience to also realize like this, Pay, pay attention to how politics and media play a huge role. Because like Dr. Irvin just said, it's a momentum type of place, momentum shift. And it's so close to the elections that I honestly feel like matter the most, but especially besides the presidential election. But this is one of the elections that truly, truly matter. The yeah. midterm elections. Yeah. And just to go one step further to complete my thought on that. So you can already tell what the Republicans are planning on running on. They're going to run on inflation, saying that, you know, um, the price of goods and services is higher. It, that's affecting affecting everyone. But we know pandemic affected the supply chain. They know that. But yes. because they're trying to regain power, they want to make it an issue that, okay, well, inflation is out of control and it's going to be like the 1990s. I've already heard this started. Um, <laughs> yes. When the facts, the facts just don't line up on that. Why don't the facts line up on that? Because the Federal Reserve fights inflation. And so the jobs report came out today, probably the best jobs report in quite some time. Employ unemployment is down to 3.8%. And we know coming out of the pandemic, things are getting better. However, now with a war going on, Exactly. In the Ukraine, that that has the potential to affect the price of gas. Well, gas and inflation, when that price rises, that's something that's easy to point to to run on. Mm. In critical race theory, the whole blackness argument. We don't want you teaching controversial things that really aren't controversial, 
Uh, <laughs> and, and we don't want you talking about defunding police when really they weren't talking about defunding the police to begin with. Uh, all of these made up things. And then they're going to talk about the weakness of the president uh, because another president who happens to be an autocrat went to war as if he can make him not go to war. <laughs> And it, it's honestly crazy to me, though, because like like you said, Haley, you've been hearing a lot of it since like the 1990s with the war and things like things of that such. And it's just like, wow, like I definitely feel the inflation of gas today when I filled up my tank. I said, wow, I never paid that much for gas. Before. Right. But I think I think on the gas argument in particular, if the president was smart, he would go whole hog on putting sanctions on. Russian energy production, meaning halt their energy production. Why? Gas prices are going to go up anyway. But is it worth it to tell the people of America and the Western world why they're going up? It's going up because there is a fight for democracy that is going on. Exactly. And, and I want to, oh, keep going, Mr. Dr. Irving. I'm sorry, keep going. My final point on that is, is it worth it for a baby to be killed for a war that shouldn't be uh, being fought? I could pay an extra dollar in gas if it's going to keep that baby safe. Now, why am I doing a better job of communicating that than the White House? Questions that need answers. Yeah. Honestly. And like Miss um, Oakland said in the comments, she said, when people know better, they do better. Hiding history leads to more race problems. And I couldn't agree more. And she's actually right. And we've seen that happen these past couple of decades, actually. Well, here's the thing about that. Y'all talking, y'all talking cross, y'all talking crossways. Mm -hmm. No. Okay, so that's an old, that's an old term, crossways. Here's what I mean by that. Yeah, you went old school on that. Yeah, one. yeah, 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 yeah. Let me break that down. Ms. Owens is, is correct on one hand, and you are correct in agreeing with her. If that was the true issue, that's not really the issue. Mm. That's not really the issue. They know they they know their sins. They know Jim Crow. They know all of those things. The bigger issue is this: if we can contaminate the pool and make it seem like they want to teach this liberal agenda of white is wrong and black is right then that brings back, they they want the culture war more than policy because they're not really doing any policy. One, two, I mean, what's easier to talk about? A failed record under Donald Trump and Joe Biden getting the ship corrected? I mean, if you, have to, if you have to talk about that, you lose. So yeah. let's Let's create something to talk about. Critical race theory. Get parents in an uproar about books that some parents probably hadn't even read. They don't, you know, you get them worked <laughs> up. It no longer becomes about the facts. And that's where Democrats lose in that Democrats try to give you all these bullet points of facts. That's not what it's about. Sound bites, especially with the attention span that goes along with social media and with the 24-hour news cycle, the news is is replenished every 15 minutes. You said an interesting thing there. You, you know, elections are won at sound like that. Yeah. We just had the, 
primaries here in, in Texas. And, you know, I watched a candidate that, that I was supporting lose, uh, I mean, a very thin margin. We're talking about, uh, you know, under 1%. Two percent, two percentage point. Um, and the and the bottom line of it is, they understood the competitor understood sound bites. <laughs> and because most of here's the thing, when you look at and, and Kenny, this is particularly to your age group and the generation right ahead of you. When you look at Gen Z, and 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 new gen that's coming beneath, you guys, you guys like videos. You 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 know you you used to Instagram. That is the reason why you guys are not on Facebook, right? Because you like Instagram, TikTok, <laughs> and, and the video interaction. You like to digest it without having to really what what I call do the intellectual work of reading, right? And then visualizing it in your mind. Well, nothing wrong with it, but when you giving sound bites happen in that form, that's how you guys process and. Sound bites drive you to take an interest in looking deeper. If the sound bite don't get you in, you're not looking. So I don't want to say like, in, 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 I guess in the dating world today, if you ain't got a good sound bite, it don't matter what kind of game you got because you're not gonna get a chance to play it anyway. Well, <laughs> here, here's the second, here's the second step to that. So our audience is more hip than everybody else. You're right on the sound bite, but what if I told you? That the sound bites that you hear and the sound bites that their audience hear are totally different. Oh, yeah, I agree. So not only is the sound bites, but now you have this foolishness going on in a loop on Fox News or other uh news stations of their choosing. Well, the, the problem with Democrats is they don't they don't even consider that. Not only are they losing on the sound bite, but their sound bite is different than the one that's being played on repeat. Repeat, repeat. Right, right. And their sound bites are not contradicting what's being said on repeat and repeat. So it's almost as if, you know, here's the funny thing about it. When I think about how Democrats run elections, it's almost like we don't pay attention to what the competition is doing. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's like that's how it feels. Yeah, that's how it feels. Like we operate in this silo, and I'm like. How you gonna beat the competition if you never study what they're doing? Like, <laughs> you know, and so the thing is, they find a way to be relevant year after year after year, cycle after cycle after cycle, and they understand that it changes. So what you did yesterday is not necessarily what's working today. Well, here's here's what I will tell you about that. Republicans are some of the worst campaigners in the world. Here's where they beat you at. If one person anywhere in America wins a campaign, they study that campaign. Mm. And they take all the working parts of it and incorporate it. That's all they do. So what you're saying is they basically use the best practices technique. No, not even, not even that far. So I give, I give you an example. Terry McAuliffe ran in Virginia for governor. He got beat. Hmm. Right. The winning message was critical race theory, weak on uh, on foreign policy, and the other issue of inflation. 
That's how I know what they're going to run on because that's what that guy won on. <laughs> they're going to run that same play. It's just like it's just like when your dad was a high school football coach. He ran that T-42 until you stopped it. Right, right. Very true. That's true. I mean, <laughs> it's so true. It, this, you know, it sounds so simple. That I'm just baffled sometimes about why we don't get it, but you know, I often, uh, even in our office, you know, we got a lot of generations represented. And I often would ask Kennedy a lot, and she'll hear me answer. I said, now, what did you hear me say? Because I know what I heard myself say, but what did you hear me say? Or I asked Ms. Jones the same thing. What did you hear me say? And it's always different. <laughs> it's always different. So it's important to ask that question so then you can clarify to make sure that the, the message you want to get out is what's actually penetrated. And I and we don't do that. We don't do that extra step, right? We don't we don't do that. And it shows. It shows. Yes. So this bill is on the governor's desk. I I want to say hopefully, but it will most likely be passed. 100%. But Kennedy, let me ask you a question. Is it true? I thought I read in your notes. Is it true that there were like 17 Democratic amendments and they all failed? Yes. Because I was reading through the article as well. Yes. So it's just, you know, at this point, oh, yes, Ms. Owen, she said exactly getting the right message to people who vote will always make an impact. Yes. Every time. And making sure that we get more people to vote is even a bigger impact. That's the bigger yeah. impact. So here, here's here's one note on that. Here's here's where Democrats are losing right now, and they got to get it together. Mm -hmm. January sixth is now in congressional investigation and probably uh, criminal investigation by the Department of Justice. However. Mr. Trump and the Republicans are still working grievance politics. Now we know it's all untrue. We know it's all untrue. And somebody's probably gonna go to jail because they know it's untrue too, but they don't care. They know that if they can rile their people up and get them mad, it's a better chance that they will go and vote. I mean, but the facts have proven that to be true. Look at, yes, look at the last presidential election. The whole campaign strategy was just that. Not even that. January 6th is another problem. They just, they, just, they just underestimated how many black and brown people would actually come out to vote in the early voting. And they just fell a little bit shorter. But if you look at election day itself and the turnout they generated, oh, they did, they did, they did what they expected to do. So, and they always do. Yep. Yep. And elections, elections are won and lost on those margins. And so while we're talking about the component parts of the messaging, they are tinkering with the process by outright passing bills that are voter suppression, voter elimination, because they're trying to keep the margins just a little bit closer so they can get their people just a little bit more riled up uh, in hopes that they can get the majority. Well, and let me tell you something. I I don't know how these, you know, I got a chance to see and experience the new voting laws mm -hmm. live and how it worked in person in Texas this primary. You know, Texas was one of the early states that 
after the presidential election, they reformed all the voting laws, right? So basically, uh, it's going to be problematic. And 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 I can say that because number one, the way they have the, the way they have done it now, if you're a person that that, that really doesn't like to be bothered a lot, uh, just want to go vote and get out, yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> that's not happening anymore. I mean, you are literally you can't even park your car and somebody is on you. And I mean, I, I think by the time I, I I made it into the voting place, I probably had. Three pounds of stuff. Um, that's one thing. Then you, with the poll watcher law now, they can literally be in the voting space. Wow. There's clearly they there's things they can't do, but they can do a lot more than they used to be able to do. So they literally can be in there watching. They can't say anything to you. They can watch. <laughs> they can't. Which is, which is, which is borderline intimidation. And that's that's a part of subverting or suppressing the vote. They want to keep it down just low enough to make you know they they're trying to make people frustrated. They're trying to make people disinterested because they know that based off of those numbers that you were talking about, they can't really win another national election uh, unless they take drastic measures. Unless they cheat, let's well, just call yeah. it what it is. Yeah. yeah, and and because of the new processes, what normally would take me, even at its worst, it takes me 30 minutes to vote. This time it took me an hour. So the lines are longer, the process is slower, and, I all, and we all know what that's about. <laughs> yeah. And they took away the early options because what they used to be good at winning, now they're losing, so now we can't get, we, you know. Well, we still have the early option here, but they did take away like churches can no longer um they change the way they can promote it right mm. they can't do or like like from the pulpit let's go to the poll right at the church right the, the, so the, well that's what i mean by taking it away they have changed it so much like texas had drive-through voting that's right yeah and then souls to the poll yeah and then uh curbside voting yeah you know <laughs> <laughs> and they still have the drive-through. I haven't tried the drive-through voting. They still have it, but it's Good not the early voting no more. I don't think. I think it's only like the day of yes. voting day. Well, who wants to stand in? The, that's a long line, <laughs> right? So I don't know. The bottom line, um, I Georgia is going to be key again. Um, mm. A lot of states that are going to be key as we look at the cycle. And what's what's at stake um, in this midterm? Yes, and like Miss Owen said, they did reject a lot of mail-in votes too. So that's why it's important for us to be even more aggressive at the polls. So it's no slip-ups. No, I didn't get or anything on that such. So well, and here's the other thing, Kennedy, and this, I'm gonna take it back old school. I think this is something you guys can do on campus that can be very helpful. Charles will remember this. We actually, this group actually started as a book club called Black Pride. And literally, you know, we were broke college students. We, we, you know, we wanted to read and buy autobiographies, but you know, you might have enough money to buy one. So we, we buy a book, we read it, we share the book, pass it on, we come and we talk and discuss the books. So it was a, it was a modern, it was a book club back then, but it was a book club with a young people's flair and flavor, right? And then we had all the mic about 
So it was cool. Well, that turned into a grassroots organization that led a movement. But one of the things I learned in that was we, when there was elections, we researched every candidate, talked about the pros and candidates based on their platform, what they stood for, looked at their experience and really educated ourselves to make educated vote. And then we promoted informational sessions to talk about it so people can really understand. Because the other thing we don't do a good job of is doing our homework to understand when you walk, if you're making up your mind who you're going to vote for as, as you're in the voting place, that's too late. Exactly. <laughs> do that research before you even get there. <laughs> and we don't do that um, as a whole. And I don't know what you guys do in terms of your millennials, but I can tell you, even in my generation, we don't typically. Mm, very true. So y'all heard it here. Make sure y'all pay attention. You be educated about the um people that's running, making sure that y'all actually go out and vote because it, it matters, especially the time is now. Like Mr. Peter said, Georgia is definitely all eyes are on Georgia for sure. So, all right. Um, I also wanted to move into how recently um it happened this past Thursday, but the ex-officer Brett Hanks Hankson. Hankinson was found not guilty of endangering Breonna Taylor's neighbors in the botched raid. And they just, the jury acquitted them this past, acquitted Mr. Hankinson this past Thursday on all three accounts of felony, one endangerment in the botched raid that left Breonna Taylor dead. I. Are you surprised, Kennedy? In a way, yes, because I honestly thought this one at least would go through. Why? Tell me, I'm, I'm I'm being serious. Tell me your why. Because it was just prime example. They went and raided the wrong house. Right. So then, so the, charge, it, the, charge, the charges were wrong. Right. Right. Mm. The charges were wrong. And they were intentionally wrong, based off of the investigation and the slow plan withholding of evidence by the black attorney general yeah somebody did a poll uh on social media and, and i'm gonna show you here's a good example of what i call sound bites and putting messaging out there they did a poll mm -hmm. that simply said and i wish i could find it simply said um the charges do you think the officer and it re referred to officer brett do you think he's charged for the for in the murder of Rihanna Taylor, or is he charged for something mm. else? And the overwhelming majority, like ninety two percent, thought he was charged for the murder. He was never. Wow. That wasn't what the charge was. No, nope. the charge was him endangering neighbors of Rihanna Taylor. See, so he was never. See, and and. and I don't think people got that. That's where that's why the, the outrage was there because we like we knew it was both the charges when they made them. Like that's not that's not the issue. Yeah, <laughs> that's, but you, yeah, yeah that's another issue. Yeah, but that's not the main thing. No, that's not exactly. the main thing. And so you let a little time pass by, and that's why you get the results of that survey you got. Mm. Because people are focused on the bigger picture item of her death due to police overreach and negligence and, and a whole host of, of you know things exactly smoking mirrors. mirrors so then yeah. they slow play no play 
uh botch the investigation and then they get covered from the attorney general's office and saying oh we're gonna charge them with three counts of endangerment so that sounds ooh sounds scary great. yeah but, they, but we didn't read the fine print right three counts of endangering Rihanna Taylor's neighbors right not her not her not even not even her fiance her neighbors, because they're saying, because they, you know there was some of the bullets went in the neighbor's apartment. But I knew as soon as I saw the charges from the attorney general, I said I knew what this result was going to be. Right. I mean, it was because very predictable. To clear very state, predictable. Those <laughs> shots were found in his line of action of defense as he was responding to shots fired at him after officer was been shot. Yeah, I mean, I knew what that was going to be. It was a, it was a clear setup. Yeah. Mm, I'm just hoping for. I guess when I read it, is I'm hoping for at least be accountable of the major actions that you've done. So I thought at least he will be guilty for one charge. But even with George Floyd being on camera, granted, yes, those officers are now guilty. It still took a tedious process for them to come up with the decision, get the evidence all together. So. It just it just shocked me when I saw that today. I was just like, really? And but it happened yesterday. I mean, here's where I want you to really catch what Charles and I are trying to point out to you. Why? Because your outrage really should have been in the charges that were filed. Yes. Because mm -hmm. the charges that were actually filed never had a chance of actually holding up. Right. So so <clears throat> your outrage, the fact that you're outraged about what just happened, mean you didn't understand it what happened by the attorney mm -hmm. general. Yeah, I'm seeing it. And that's the big problem. That's right. that's the bigger problem. I want you to educate yourself and your peers. Look, they just they just trick you to thinking the side thing was the main thing. Right. They got all of everybody's eyes off of the main thing and on the side thing, and then they just rolled around. Exactly. So yeah, I definitely see it now. I definitely do. It's just sad to see it happen in your face when you just think that at least, especially I think with this case like you know all all skin folk and your kin folk you know it's just it's just not that miss owen said also regular a regular person logically if the police were at the wrong place and started shooting they should have been guilty legal cases have different standards hmm. well it's not so much that they have different standards this is more about the facts meeting the crime so when they charged him with endangerment of the neighbors, that created an instant defense of I was firing my weapon in defense of myself and other officers because the officer was shot. It took the focus completely away from the fact that they killed the black lady who was not involved in anything. Right. She was asleep. Yeah. Sleep. So it takes the focus away from so it makes it one, it makes you focus on the outcome of her death when that was never the issue that was being tried in the first place. And two, it helps the defense in in the, that the facts are more favorable to the outcome that was granted by the jury. Yeah. So, like Willamette said, and, and that's what we do this for. She said, I didn't understand, but I do now. And that's the point. I want you to go back and educate people and inform them of this. And that's why I always said, we have to learn how to redefine print. Mm 
we have to learn how to read the fine print, and we don't do it. I can't tell you how many times we sign something. We don't read the fine print. There's nothing wrong with saying, let me take a minute. To read. Well, in this case, in this case, the fine print was created by the AG's office on purpose. So it wasn't a matter of not reading it. There were those of us who spoke out about it at the time, but he wasn't changing, he wasn't changing it. Right. Because the investigation had been handled in such a way that it made it almost impossible to get to the charges that were necessary. I think the narrative for us can never change. It can never be silent. You know, we have to keep that voice, keep that narrative and all our media focus and educate. We have to constantly be educating. Like we'll talk about it. We'll talk about the fact that we're outraged, but we don't explain why we're outraged a lot of times. And so what happens is to, to those of us or people that understand it, we assume everybody else does. But that's not always the case. Like if I don't do that, and I don't understand that, right? So you got to break that down. And we don't always do a good job of that. We know you're mad. We know we're supposed to be mad. But I don't, if anybody ever had an intellectual conversation with me and challenged me on it, then I wouldn't be able to explain why I'm mad. And, and so, so, so what I say is to that, we don't, we're not able to have conversations, deep conversations of substance that can move people and move the narrative. And, and, and provoke action because once we get challenged intellectually because we don't have the substance of the debate, we have nowhere else to go. So we just fall. Very true. Very, very true. Yes. So hopefully they definitely informed me guys. So hopefully they informed you guys more to just recognize the smoke and mirrors and read the fine print in a lot of these next cases, a lot of these bills. It's just, I feel like the political arena right now and the environment is like so important to pay attention to now. It's, some people may take it lightly, but it is very important to pay attention attention to and be aware. So, because it's always, like I've always said it, the quickest way to change in your community is by local, your local change, by local elections and working forward and making those bigger steps. So I just wanted to put that out there. Now on to... I know you guys are very big sports fanatics. <laughs> That's an understatement. <laughs> right, right. So I wanted to know, it's March Madness. Have you guys done a, thought about doing a bracket yet? Any predictions? Or? Well, most of, the tournament, most of the conference tournaments will have to play out. Brackets won't come out until after the selection show. Right. So that'll be after the tournaments for every conference. Uh, and those are those are started, and uh, they'll finish up this weekend or next weekend. Next weekend. Uh, next weekend. Yeah, they'll finish up next tournament next weekend. Yeah, they'll finish up next weekend. Then the selection show will be Sunday, Saturday, and Sunday. No, Sunday and Sunday. Monday. Yeah. Sunday and Monday. Yeah. Yeah. I think the girls are Sunday, and the boys are Monday. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You have any teams you feel like you know for sure gonna be on the selection? Oh, you feel like it's without a doubt. Yeah, and before we say that, let me me just, let me say this. Look, we're going to need, if I was in Jackson, I would be there. I'm not. But we're going to need every single body to come out. I'm going to ask Charles to break down how this whole swag tournament plays for the number one seeds to buy and all of that because Mm -hmm. I thought the number one seeds don't play in the first round, but maybe they do. 
And mm. if they do, do you realize that we're probably going to have to turn around and play UAPB again in the first round? Like, okay. I don't... Listen, UAPB is one of those teams I don't want to see them again. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, they're well coached. Yes. They, they have athletes. And Lord, that number 25, she couldn't miss last night. I, I mean... We talking about midway through the third period. She's seven for ten for three point land. That's seventy percent. Who does that? Okay, so here we go for the women's tournament, and this is exactly what I told you. Uh, game one is is the seven seed versus the two seed. Game two is the eight seed versus the one seed, mm. and then the women's six seed versus three seed, four versus five. Yeah, and that's my concern because right now, as it stands, the number eight seed is UAPB and the number one seed is Jackson State. Yeah, and what I will tell you, Leslie, is it really doesn't matter, and here's why. That Jackson State's team is built for this particular moment in time. I understand UAPB has good players. They don't have enough. Very true. Because when I went to the Southern game, I want to say a couple of weeks ago, and they was just – no, it was against FAMU. They was just switching out all five, and the game was still going. Third yeah. string, and the girls still holding it down. <laughs> Listen, oh, yeah, the FAMU game, yeah. But I, UAPB game is always close. It's always close. Well, I mean, you're not going to beat teams by 40 right now. But that's this is why you play a tough uh, pre, pre-conference schedule. Mm-hmm. To get ready for times like these, and you can't really run from anybody in this way. Mm-hmm. You can't. Yeah, listen, I, I've got to give shots. I can't, I'm trying to think of the young lady's name. I need to look it up because I want to call it right and give her her credit. Because if you're not a women's basketball fan, uh, you need to watch Jackson State, and I promise you, you will be. Myra Crump. Oh Maya. my goodness, Maya Crump. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! She like a she like a female highlight reel. Yeah, so I'm looking at I'm looking at what you feel like concerns you. Uh, both teams got off to a slow start in the first quarter. That's why the game was close. And then UAPB went on a little run. Mm-hmm. Uh, Khadija Brown led them with scoring. She let's, let's see. Let me look at the box score a little bit. Yes, closer. that's the uh, she hit all those threes. Let me see. I'm also trying to see Mr. Britton said who has won the men's swag regular season championship. Alcorn. Oh, Alcorn won the men's regular season swag championship. Wow, kudos for them. Yeah, Alcorn, Alcorn is Alcorn is a uh, intriguing team. At the at the, at the, begin, at the beginning of the uh, at the beginning of the season, I think they were picked to be eighth. Seven. Wow. They were picked seven. Okay. Yeah. They fought back. Yeah. So let's see. Let's see here. I gotta give I gotta give credit to Alcorn. I mean, they have they have done it. They've been. I mean, Leslie, Liz, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking at what you're saying. 
I'm not talking about uh Alcorn. I'm looking at these at these women's scores. I mean UAPB was like this wasn't a good shooting game, period. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, and Jackson State really didn't shoot the well because Deja Rogan was off. She was off. In fact, just about everybody was off. Like, like from the outside, we just didn't shoot well last night. Um, so we had to really work. We had to work for those points. Yeah. And they did. They did. They fought back because they were down at the half. Well, there just really is no answer for for Amisha. Is it Amisha or Amisha? Amisha. Amisha. Yeah, no answer. Amisha. So, I mean, your consensus pick on the ESPN women's sports page is Jackson State. And it's it's not it's not because we Jackson State fans. It's because <laughs> one, Amisha Williams is such a force that if you slant your defense to her and you want to double her, then that means Rogan, Crumbs, uh, yeah, Sims, uh all of them are open. Yes. And then uh I'm trying to think. I'm I'm looking for names because uh Jackson State is absolutely low. Oh Woodard. Woodard is the other one you're thinking about. Yeah, Deja Woodard. But no, I was looking for Ja Covington. So oh, yeah. on yeah. any other team in the swag, Ja Covington would be the starting point guard. That's true. She's not. Because Rogan came back for an extra year. That's true. So when you have that type of depth, I mean, you would have to have a terrible night, which they had against uh, on that Texas swing, Texas Southern. Texas Southern. Southern. They, had yeah, they, had, they had a bad night all, all around against Texas Southern. Texas Southern had a good night. So it's not that it can't be done. It's just probability-wise, I don't see it happening. Yes. But I tell you what. Here's the one thing you know about this team. This team believes they're supposed to win and they expect to win. And they play like that. They never yes. get rattled. They 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 are champions. We have we, we must remember they're champions. I mean, but have you ever have you ever watched one of their games and paid close attention to Coach Reed in the huddle? Mm-hmm. Then I would play like that too. Yeah, you know. <laughs> she's intense. <laughs> she is quite intense, and she believes in defense. The yes. the more interesting, the more interesting. I mean, they play tomorrow against Valley, uh, but the more interesting thing about this game tomorrow for on the men's side is Coach Brennan's retiring, Lindsey Hunter's wow. getting fired. So it's basically, uh, I don't. Want, I mean. It's a bull jump. It's a bull jump game in my wait opinion. Minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is that has that been that's out already? Yeah, right. Both, both, of, both, of, those oh, okay. things, both of those things are, are out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's rumored that uh Mo Williams, the coach at Alabama State, will be the next coach at Jackson State. That's what's being floated right now in all the news outlets. We'll see if that's gonna happen. We'll yeah. see for sure. Hmm. Oh. Yeah, because Lindsey Hunter is on administrative uh, suspension by the university. He and his assistant coach, so they have an interim coach already. Uh, and then Coach Brent announced uh, before the Alcorn game at Alcorn that he was retiring. Wow. Listen, it's time to revamp. 
And that's yeah. gonna that's what's gonna it's happen. It's necessary. It's necessary mm-hmm. because if you if you look at the direction that the swag is trending, and I was surprised you didn't have this on your list, but uh the commissioner has reached out to Tennessee State, and I don't think they're coming, but he has oh. he, he's opened the door to them. It would be a smart move for them to come. Wow, Max but for they, the swag. I mean for yeah. the Southern Heritage Classic. No, to come into the swag as a member institution. Oh wow. I actually did not wow. Mm-hmm. It would be smart for them to do it, but the question yeah. is, will they? I think I think the administrative people see Tennessee State as something that it's not. Uh, they they thinking about these big uh, FBS <laughs> conferences, but when you average when your average attendance is four to seven thousand, that's not really all that attractive. It's not. Yeah. And then you look at their if you look at their attendance versus SWAC attendance, and you take and take Jackson State out of the equation. I can think of one uh, I think of four, four other schools. Four other schools <laughs> that I rank them in in attendance. Right. Four other schools still. Yeah. Uh, by a lot. That's the, that's by a lot. Fam, Southern, Alcorn, and uh Grandma. They don't even <laughs> Grambling they don't even beat out Valley. Like, yeah, my yeah. <laughs> they beat out Valley. Like, yeah. So, I mean, it seems like to me they're missing the forest for all these trees that's right in front of them. But hey, what Ooh. do I know? No, yes. But this is always intriguing talk to you, talking to you guys about sports because y'all are both always very passionate about this. So I definitely want to put this on today's um list. I definitely wanted to remind people to definitely start filing your annual business reports. The time is coming. March is going to go by the past. It's here. It's here. It's time. It's time. So please don't wait to the last minute. Let me can definitely because we've had this happen. No Mm -hmm. matter how much I remind customers and clients about your annual report, if you have a corporation or LLC, State of Mississippi, you must file an annual report. And when you don't do that, they will revoke your corporation or your LLC. <sighs> it's a simple process. If you don't want to do it, you can hire us to do it. We'll take care of it, but you must do it. Not doing it will result in it costing you more to reinstate it. Not only that, the liability. The liability you got. If something happens and your and your uh, your license has been revoked by the state of Mississippi, then you have one hundred percent liability. Because guess what you're considered if that's the case? A sole proprietor. <laughs> so it's important, y'all. Pay attention. Okay. So I definitely wanted to say that. Also, reminder: just remember to join our credit um credit group, the Urban Law Credit Group. We're always giving out tips. Mr. Listen, Kennedy, we busting out tips. We busting out tips every week. Every Thursday, we put out tips. This week, we put out tips on um, the 1099Cs that you are receiving during yes. tax time. How to make sure they're accurate, how to make sure those are not incorrect and you're not paying taxes on something. I'm sure my email we covered is- that in credit tips. If you want to get the free tips, um, join our Facebook group, The Urban Law, T-H-E-E, The Credit Corner, T-H-E-E, Credit Corner. And uh, uh, 
join our uh, Facebook group so that you can get that information. And just this week, I heard from one of our um, members that the information we shared in the group actually saved her and her husband a lot of money because wow. um, little did they know that he would be involved in an accident. Car was told that they had to buy a new car. So just a tip we shared about when you go to the car lot specifically requesting that they only source your credit out to one vendor so you don't get all those hits. Um, and so, guys, we're giving out the tips. Make sure you take advantage of that right there on Facebook, the Credit Corner. Join our Facebook group. Yes. Yes, guys. So this wraps up the show. That any final words, Mr. Peters and Dr. Irvin? No, Kennedy, I'm going to do something unique. I think your voice is so powerful. I want you to give the final words and speak to your demographic. This is the floor is yours. Some final words I would like to say is be socially aware. Try ignorance is not bliss. So educate yourself even more than you think you are educated. Join our credit group because we're giving out tips left and right. And it's definitely important for my demographic to make sure we start off with a great credit, especially after graduating from college, so we can start on the right foot. And wear your mask. <laughs> wear oh, your yeah. mask. Wear your mask. Wear your mask. Wear your mask. Get vaccinated and wear your mask. Jackson State is giving out free vaccinations and boosters. So please be aware. It's it's no excuse at this point. So those are definitely my final words. <laughs> so Kenny, have I have to ask this. Are you saying wear your mask? Even though we have all these announcements that you don't have to wear it anymore. Yes, I'm still saying wear your mask. Because you're still protecting yourself and others, and you still can spread the virus even if you feel like you can't. Whether you're vac I'm vaccinated and I got the booster. I'm double. I'm straight, but I still want to wear my mask to protect others. So it's definitely important. So make sure y'all do that. Y'all have a happy Friday, y'all. Bye, Urban Law family. Ah. Thank mm -hmm. you.